Fun Police, starting season two now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Feels good in here. There's something different. <laughs> Can't pull my finger on it. Uh, it's like a, a weight has been lifted. <laughs> it's weird. It's like, they, you know, they put the weights on the horses. To right. Put, and then they let them to go make them when, stronger. They, when they yeah. run. Right, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we are sitting here with Sharky and Blyman, myself, and, uh, somebody is conspicuously absent right mm. now. Can't remember their name though. <laughs> I'd like <laughs> drawing a blank. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, stupid buttons. <laughs> <laughs> Adios. How would the old in with the new? So, uh, so uh, Manny Cudiel, our longtime host for fifty episodes. In fifty episodes of season one, we 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 uh, seasons run in in fifty episode sequences. He's taking a uh, extended leave of absence uh, mm-hmm. to uh, focus on his uh, family, <laughs> his wife and children. <laughs> Who he's been ignoring, uh, <laughs> truly ignoring. Yeah, this is a this is a chance for him to uh, get back to his family time, watch some Netflix, yeah. etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, going forward, we're going to be having a series of probably guest hosts sitting in with us, some people that you know from before. We're going to try to bring some new. Oh, I had a good idea, by the way. Oh yeah, what is it? I feel like we always have we have a lot of really pragmatic kind of insiders mm-hmm. quote. Insiders, mm-hmm. yeah. We need to Quote, bring on pragmatic. We, we need to bring on somebody like kind of an a, an unabashed progressive voice that comes in and just absolutely lays down their view of things. Yeah, because I think I understand their view of things and I agree with it. Isn't uh, Nate that or no? Yeah. Well, so Nate is progressive in that he is progressive by any account of the word, except maybe in the current climate of what we define as progressive in the city of San Francisco. Mm, mm. Right. So I'm talking about not, not progressive voice. We're all, pro- you're progressive. I'm progressive, you know, yeah, right. hard, right. but in, in our strange definition in the city of San Francisco. Yes, yes, yes. Because the, I, I, I honestly think, I think because we, I, I, I know quite a few of them and I'm, I count many as my friends, but, oh yeah. but I don't, sometimes I feel like because I don't understand exactly what they're, angle is or what their reasoning is sometimes behind things that I kind of mm-hmm. fill in the blanks on my own and mm-hmm. I don't hear it directly from the dog's mouth. Yeah. And I just, I want to understand truly exactly what the, the, in a, in a, with good faith to understand exactly what the, the, the view is of things here, things like affordable housing and et cetera, et cetera. Right. Uh, I totally agree. Um, and you know, I think that now at, at, at the commencement of season two, it is a useful time to, uh, remind people about what the show is about. Uh, so I, this is uh, this this show is about San Francisco politics, uh, but it's uh, it, we're talking about the on, on this show we talk about the physics of politics. Uh, you know the the things that. Uh, either uh, we either try and explain the various proposals um, and positions of the candidates, or we talk about the political factors that might influence race. But uh, what we aren't doing on the show is trying to promote any particular point of view. Um, rather, we're just uh, almost as if it's an intellectual exercise. 
Exactly, but uh, but we also have our own kind of views of things. Of and course, it's hard to not let them bleed into to, to what's going on. And I think just adding that, I completely agree, is that kind of we all have a, uh, a couple views, uh, Manny and, and you and myself. The first is that a city that is not fun is a dead city. It doesn't matter how economically vibrant it is. It doesn't matter how how the buses run on time. But if it's not fun, that it's not good and. Uh, fun sometimes isn't prioritized or is way down on the list of what people think of when they think of what you need for a functioning city. And for me, it's way high up on the list. And actually a lot of other things follow from that, like economic vibrancy, like cultural and arts, et cetera, et cetera. Totally, totally agree. Uh, the urbanist Richard Florida has a saying that when cities get boring, even the rich people leave. Yes. Yes, that's true. And so that's one. And the other thing, the basic tenant that we have kind of, uh, adhered to or b- believed in is that when you start understanding the issues that are happening in the city, they're really complicated. They get really complicated <laughs> really fast. And a lot of voices, especially on, on, on Twitter uh, and on other forms of social media, make it sound like things are very simple. And there are things that are simple. However, a lot of the most difficult problems that we face, the big ones, are complicated. And they're complicated for a number of reasons, notwithstanding that we don't all agree on what the solution is. And if we don't all agree on the solution, we're going to have to find common ground somehow. And that doesn't seem to happen in the city. It seems to be very black and white sometimes. So. Yeah, you know, I think we tend to forget that we all live here and that uh, in, in order to get anywhere, we have to have uh, get buy-in from uh, not just ourselves, but from each other. Uh, and so, I, you know, I think another thing we all agree on is, is uh, what are the things we agree on so we can move forward on that? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and that's kind of the point of this is to try to get people to not gridlock, not see the other side as an other and actually realize that we agree on 95.9999% of things and that there is a lot of things we can do right now to improve the city without just painting the other person as the opponent and trying to trying to ruin them at all costs. Yeah, and, and uh, to uh, there almost always is a good faith argument to be made from the other side's perspective. Um, and, and if you can step back from the uh, vilifying and... Uh, you know, characterizing them as the most evil people in the world. Uh, it's generally been my experience that, that most people that engage in local politics are, are genuinely have uh, uh, good intentions and, and really mean well. And, 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 and often very valid concerns. Yeah. Um, and, but I may disagree with them on how to address those concerns. I may disagree with them on the best way to get the results that they want. But, you know, for example... You're disagreeable in general, though. I, it's, it's absolutely true. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty as charged. <laughs> uh, okay, well, let's uh, catch up here for a minute while um, uh, we, we wait for our guest. Uh, what the fuck's been going on? Man, I'm, we've been drinking from the fire hose over in, in Blymantown here. I've got... So I'm directing the musical again this year. It's Lion King. Uh, we're up to 175 children this year. That's up from 123 last year. And Lion King, you think the songs are pretty easy, but they're actually tricky for kids because there's a lot of harmonies and um, uh, you know one group will be singing African yeah. lyrics yeah. while another group, a bigger group, is singing this. And so uh, luckily we're way ahead of where we were last year and we nailed it last it, year. So the, the music for that one is uh, is Andrew Lloyd Webber and Elton John, or uh, it was Elton John and no, is um, Medina, uh, one of the famous 
Disney composer, Broadway yeah. composer, okay. guess. Yeah. But but when they did the Broadway show, they added a bunch of songs, and the okay. songs they added are actually really tricky. They're yeah. uh, very uh, a lot of Africans singing. They have seven different African languages in it, et cetera, et cetera. I so. can't even imagine teaching kids. I saw the show um, when it was at uh, what is it, the Orpheum? Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's such a cool show. <laughs> it's uh, complex musically. So um, I guess we should talk about like why did Manny take an extended absence? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> the elephant in the room here. Um, well, so, you know, as most people know, Manny was considering a, 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 a run for higher office. And I think he kind of put it out there that, that maybe he would be thinking about running for mayor. Um, and uh, I think full disclosure, uh, as, as part of that contemplation period, uh, he requested that we take down all the old episodes. And yes. so, uh, yeah, so if, you can't find those now. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're rarities, yeah. uh, collectibles. Yeah. Tough. <laughs> so you can't get our old episodes. So I'm so sorry to all our fans who <laughs> like to just re-listen <laughs> us talking about what happened that week in SF politics, but you won't be able to find those. lots of repeat listening potential there. Um, and then, so, and then obviously Manny, uh, you know, I very much took him at his word that he was considering running and he decided that it wasn't the right time for him and he's mm -hmm. going to focus in his own words on his business and his personal life and, 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 and uh, a pretty significant uh, civic improvement effort, uh, yeah. the civic joy fund. It's, it's insane how much he can get done with that fund and how much he's already gotten done. It's just so cool to watch him. He's like a wonderkind at that. I also will say, cause you know, we don't want to say, keep, you know, obviously probably Manny's going to leave the door open for something in the distant future from now. So we don't want to say anything that about him that would put him in a tough position, but he does in fact have a family in, in Salt Lake city, uh, a secret family. Mm -hmm. And he's got three, three kids, Milo, Brennan yep. and, um, yeah, Ashley, Ashley, right. Yeah. Uh, spelled really strangely. Yeah. And, uh, he no, has no vows because it's Utah. He has, uh, two wives yeah. and two husbands. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's totally legal there. Right. I mean, for the state. Yeah, right. It doesn't get all the tax benefits. It's legal-ish. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, again, we don't want to, we don't want to do anything that'll jeopardize his bright, the bright shining star of his future. But if you, you know, if you do a little bit of digging, you'll find that second family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, technically it's second families. Yeah, well, I mean, they're they're in one compound together. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> it's great. His second, third, and fourth homes. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, big news for me. Um, I ordered some shoes online. Oh my god! Yeah, that's um, huge. I'm wearing them right now. Ah, really? Yeah, yeah. And you know what's like? Did you go to dad, dadshoe.com? Are those fake laces that are painted? <laughs> I was just gonna They're, say <laughs> they have fake laces that are painted on the front. So I want to show you this picture. Uh, 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 you know, I, I, the that makes for good podcasting. Sharky's about to show me a picture, everyone. <laughs> so I saw this ad and it said like walking on marshmallows. Oh, wow. And they look like great shoes. And so, uh, why didn't you go? The one he's showing me is a lot of, it's very colorful. It's a rainbow. He got whoa. the white on white with white. They, they are like the new balances of marshmallow shoes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I was like, all right, sure. Uh, I need some new shoes. Let's, let's give it a whirl. I, I like walking on marshmallows. I get them and I'm like, um, you know, I knew they were slip on shoes. I wasn't expecting laces you could tie. 
Like not painted on. <laughs> they're not even painted on. They're like printed on with industrial are, printer. They're printed on the shoe <laughs> with like shadows and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very convincing yeah. uh, if you're not uh, within eight feet of them. <laughs> then you can tell. <laughs> that was amazing. Nice yeah. shoes. Great yeah. news. Yeah, Great yeah, yeah. News. So uh, I think we should get into our um, uh, topic du jour. Let's do it. LA topic. So the cool thing about um, the topic du jour button is it's like hitting Beetlejuice, saying Beetlejuice three times. Yep. Like you, you hit the button and, and, and a guest host appears. Well, <laughs> if that were the case, then a guest host would appear every time because you hit that button by mistake on average <laughs> three and a half times per episode. Right? Well, it takes three times to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, to yeah. make the guest host appear. All right, all right. Well, uh, I think we should introduce our guest host, uh, Nate, the progressive assassin, Albie, mm-hmm. um, who... Uh, those of you that have have listened to the pod and in, in the past, you've you've heard Nate's dulcet baritones, and uh, Nate's gonna uh, help us uh, talk about uh, the upcoming election. I'll tell cycle. you why I'm excited to have Nate here because n- there's literally nobody in San Francisco who knows these ballot measures inside and out like Nate does. <laughs> he's, he's he's like the definitive encyclopedia of the ballot measures. Yeah, like yeah. I think he authored like six of them. He's running. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's that's not the case. But ha- happy happy to give my my. Half-formed opinions, always. <laughs> All right. Let's well, start with A. Well, well, well hold on. Uh, just to set the scene here, uh, this is going to be a crazy election cycle. Uh, not only do we have the president, uh, we have a, a, the Senate, and, and then we have the mayor, and we have... There's two elections. To, oh, right, because this is in March. Yeah, so yeah. first of all, everyone, <laughs> the ballot measures are in March. Well, th- this round of ballot measures. Yeah, this round of ballot measures round. are coming yeah. up right, in March. Right, yeah. right, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so we've uh, got to brush up on them real quick. Exercise your right hand or left hand. <laughs> Easy, <laughs> <If> boy. <laughs> <laughs> because you're going to be marking off a, 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 a lot. A yeah. lot. And, 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 and this is going to be a crazy year. Yeah. Because we have a whole set of ballot measures, and then they're going to run back a million more, and president and everything. And, and you so have the DCCC, which is how, like 270,000 candidates, yep. something Different like that. slates, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. So oh, the whole thing. Let's start with the ballot measures local only today, and we're going to start with Prop A, which is a $300 million bond for affordable housing that, as far as I know, nobody's really opposing. A for anodyne. Yes, A for boring. <laughs> uh, I will say, though, that there is a benefit, and we've talked about it on the show before, mm-hmm. with these funds because they're able to be matched uh, with federal, state and federal dollars often to get them amplified into more, right? So Yeah, and I think something that we should say about A is everybody agrees, uh, but just because everybody agrees, as we saw with the muni bond, it doesn't necessarily mean that it will pass. That's right. So um, if you're listening to this, you probably care about local politics. You probably already know that you should vote yes for this. You uh, vote yes because it can be multiplied by four, right? Correct. And these, this money, is, is you pay X dollars in taxes and we get a four X back, essentially, in, in a perfect world. And it, help, and it builds more affordable housing. Everybody agrees. Okay. I mean, well, no, I, I think it's interesting to talk about why do you think it might fail? Why do you think voters would vote against asking for more money? Or well, more I, money? I, I, I think the thing you have to worry about uh, with any bond measure is it requires two-thirds approval. So it doesn't take many people, comparatively, 
to stop a bond from progressing. And that's how the muni bond failed, Prop A, um, back in the 23? Yeah, they just assumed it would pass, and it didn't. Well, they didn't assume it would pass. They worked hard, but it just didn't pass. I mean, but things don't just not pass. And the idea that something didn't pass because it needs a certain amount of voters is a stupid thing to say, right? So, like, the reason why it didn't pass is because voters are pissed. Yeah. Voters are furious, and they do not want to give what they perceive as the clowns in charge more money. They're right. punishing elected officials. But I think it's even more than that, too. I think there's a there's an undercurrent that's happening in San Francisco that I, it's the first time I've seen it since I've been here where it's, I don't want to give money to other people. I want, what about what about my life? What about what's happening to me? Where, where, where it's like, I, I don't use the muni. Why would I do that? My small, small business is failing. My house is broken into, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why, why aren't they doing things that directly help me? And that's, that's kind of new for me. I, and I think, you know, it also has to be said, particularly on the west side of the town, there was a lot of anger about slow streets um, and other SFMTA initiatives that were perceived as complicating their lives without Pissed off voters, yeah, Pissed without really voters. helping them, and so they're like, "We're not going to give Muni any more money." Yeah, Steve? I mean, I mean, one of the things I think that's really galling, and I, for I think all San Franciscans, is nothing works in this city except for ticketing, <laughs> except for giving us tickets. Citations you are fantastic. You just know for a fact <laughs> yeah. that like the minute you go past that, that leaving your car in the wrong spot, you're going to get a hundred dollar ticket. And that's galling, right? It's angering to know that like we can't clean up shit off the, off the street, but we can ticket you for an insane amount. Which yeah. by the way, there was an article in the Cron about that today. And the uh, red hot zone for getting tickets is outside Chase Center. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Like, that is the most ticketed well, I think, part of the I city. I think you're incorrect. I think the most ticketed uh, part of the city is Chase Center and then in front of Nate's house. Yeah. So, Wherever yeah, I that's, park, that's, I that's a red-hot zone Wherever right in front of my, my car. House. Yeah. Well, uh, um, all right. Speaking of pissed-off voters, I think Proposition B is going to piss off a lot of voters. Ooh, that's a, a, a B for... So, um, B for uh, furious. <laughs> Uh, so proposition b came from supervisor dorsey's office which was it was a a a a shot at trying to codify minimum staffing levels again i believe they're already codified but recodify minimum staffing levels as well as for for the police for sfpd yeah, uh, for SFPD, and I think many, many, many people in the city agree that we're understaffed with the police and that the police, we need more of them because of the, the situation that we've all dealt with with crime and and. and but also, there, there, there was an independent consultant that said we were shy about 500 officers, and then th- there's also this uh, um, officer cliff that we're facing, which is uh, a whole bunch of officers are, are retiring or are scheduled to retire. Yeah. Uh, and we don't have incoming candidates to replace them. Yeah, and so, but in the last minute, uh, it was changed. And it was changed in a very meaningful way, which some saw as a poison pill, others saw as a, uh, as a move by labor to uh, flex their muscle. Uh, but essentially, the way it was changed is saying, uh, we, can, we can add officers and we can, we can get to our minimum staffing levels if it is funded from other funding sources outside of no new funding new sources. funding sources so uh, you have to pass a tax in order to pay for those new officers they can't be paid out of somewhere else in the budget and, and this was introduced by supervisor and mayoral candidate asha safai uh friend to labor friend to labor mm-hmm. friend to labor uh but uh 
it has been uh, designated by the opponents as a cop tax. Yes, good, good, good two, two word uh, spin paintbrush yeah. on yeah. that. Yeah. 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 It, it has, a, it, it has a, a certain ring to it. So here's my problem with this. First of all, it, you know, I, I don't think we should have to pay more taxes to have our minimum staffing levels, personally, uh, for police. I think we should have the minimum levels that were established by through a study and all sorts of, of, of hard work in order to get there. And then two, and this is typical politics, but the, I just got the mailers for this at my house in the outer Richmond and they are uh, they're misleading, I think, a little bit in oh, that they no. Yeah. <laughs> in that they, they're very not a misleading mailer. They don't mention the sources of income. All they mention is we need to make the city safe again, bring back safety in the city, vote yes on B. And they don't mention that that everybody's gonna be on the hook to pay or somebody's gonna be mm-hmm. on the hook to pay a higher tax mm-hmm. in order to afford the amount of cops that we're supposed to have anyway. So you know, uh, Nate, what's your take on it? Well, I mean, the question is, like, why do you think... I, I would like to hear what you guys... Why you think Labor did this? So my understanding, and I got this sort of from the horse's mouth, is that Labor sees funding as a zero-sum game. Yeah. And they say it's either going to go to our members. And yeah. by the way, Labor's doing their job here. They I, absolutely I no, are. I have yeah. no uh, hard feelings about Labor. They're doing exactly what they're supposed to do. And they say, well, if it goes to the police, that's not our... The Labor unions that we represent... So that is a zero-sum game. So right. if they want to get paid, we're keeping our part of the pie, and they're going to have to find a new fund. Yeah, and look, and I, I think that, like, you know, I'm a friend of labor. <laughs> I, I, and I, I like to listen to labor when organized labor, you know, tells us there's a problem. And what they've been telling us for years is that um, we, we right now are focused on um, safety, and we cannot deny that this is the number one issue for um, voters in San Francisco. Um, we have to take that seriously. And I think most elected officials, well, that's not true. Some of the elected officials are taking that seriously. Um, but, you know, one of the things I think that make people feel unsafe, even though we look at the numbers and we know that San Francisco has a relatively less crime than most other places in the, in this, in the country, is that our mental health problem is, and our drug addiction problem is absolutely 100% out of control, untenable, morally wrong in every way that we've abandoned people on the streets. So when we, when we talk about a budget that has to be balanced every year, it is a zero sum game. It just is. It's we can't, we can't deny that there's, there's no, like, you know, we, we, the voters have decided that we must balance the budget. And so balanced it will be. And, um, we have been under hiring the people who take care of the mentally ill folks. Like we, like one of the things that we repeatedly are, are saying is that we don't have the actual workers to take care of people who are severely mentally ill. And mm. so therefore they're ending up on the streets. Mm. So, you know, their argument in labor is, Hey, fund those people, hire those people, get those people hired that the co- we have, like, while we may have a, um, uh, a, a cop shortage right now. Will we have that shortage in five years? Will we have that shortage in ten years? Also, you know, it is just it is not great policy to put and like you know staffing mandates in in stone, writing them in stone. We know that because we've had a in stone <laughs> cop uh, cop uh, quota in our um, in our city charter for what. Uh, 15 years, 15, like, almost 20 years. Yeah. And it was just ignored. It right. was just completely ignored. Mm. So, you know, so there, the labor is, is trying to ring the, the bell here and saying, um, 
you know, there's a fucking problem. There's a problem with how and what we are choosing to fund. That being said, that being said, I do believe that it was picked up that, 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 that truth and that reality was picked up as a political football and is just become part of the obnoxious, toxic bullshit in city hall that is driving every fucking voter crazy right now. You know, and uh, like, I think this highlights an excruciating dynamic that we're facing going into this year, um, which is twofold. Uh, one is that, uh, property tax revenues are declining because of declining property mm -hmm. values. Um, and property tax revenues are about 80% of the general fund income. Uh, and so as a result, we're, we're, we're now looking at uh, significant budget shortages uh, up, up north of a billion dollars. Yeah, so 1.5 or 1.3. Yeah. yeah. Uh, over the next uh, two to three years. Um, and those are starting to hit now. Departments are being told to reduce their budgets. So not only do you have a zero-sum game, but you have uh, more people competing for a shrinking pie. Less sum. There's, there's less sum. <laughs> Uh, and then the second factor that is, is a very big dynamic here um, is that all of organized labor with respect to uh, people that work for the city, um, all of that is coming up for negotiation at the end of 2024. So it's, it's part of this election cycle. And on top of that, uh, as if it, that wasn't intense enough, uh, labor no, is no longer bound by... Um, uh, not being allowed to strike so they can now strike. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, the intensity level of, of, uh, the competition for these dollars and, and for jobs, um, and, and especially uh, when resources are scarce and, yes, and becoming and more scarce, that's when the knives come out. Increased right? competition, yeah. less resources. We're, I think we're going to be looking at a pretty intense battle. Um, that being said, I think, you know, just looking at the political physics, cop tax is, is a pretty compelling uh, a bit of, of political uh, communication, uh, and I would be uh, I'm, I'm, I'd be interested, uh, surprised if if this measure passes. I, th I think it's just the, the only reason I think it would pass is that people are just see the mailers and think I want more police. Let's vote for this. Right. Right. Like, right. That, you know, and low information. Yeah. I, I mean, like, yeah. I. I. You. No one ever. No one ever went broke. You know underestimating the ignorance of the, the of the voters it's true like yeah. right and so and so <clears throat> we really are and this happens all the time is just the key phrases so they're they're saying you know they want more police this looks like more police i think we're going to get more police i do i do want to say and I, I you know I, I always like to come on and, and wag my finger at you guys about this <laughs> um I, one of the things that makes me hate London's administration more than any of the, the obnoxious things I think that they do. These are Nate's views. Nate's views <laughs> and Nate's views <laughs> alone. These views. are not yeah. the views of the podcast. The, the fun police. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> technically, they are the views <laughs> of the podcast, but please continue. Okay. Guest so, host Nate. Um, is, I hate, I hate the like, the pointing fingers being like, we just can't get it done. We're the executive branch, but we can't do mm -hmm. our job. Mm -hmm. The executive branch can hire cops whatever they fucking want they can do it they can do it and the idea that they can't is to me like more political theater it just well, takes we, you, it you know takes uh, 
Just do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think there's a debatable point there because nobody wants a job. And, and um, but, you know, I, there's also six other ballot measures if nobody that we wants have to the, get through. If, yeah. If more, yeah, but if nobody wants a job, to, just, is getting more money, I'll, like, yeah, increase that, say, solve all yeah, that problem? I'll say this one one final thing, which is that the, the voters are pissed off, and some of it is because they are don't have time to follow everything that's going on and understand yeah. how complicated things are. Right. But another, there's an old adage when I was in sales, it's don't piss in my ear and tell me it's raining. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And the, the, the budget of San Francisco has doubled in the last 10 years. Right. And most voters know that and they look around and they're not seeing double the services. They're that's not right. seeing double right. things. So there, I think sometimes a simple explanation or a simple thing that the voters are going for is, spend less money and make it fucking work and stop bothering us with bullshit. Like well, this. to yep. that point, what I find compelling about what Nate just said was you were talking about mandates um, and how they tie the hands of government and, and keep government from doing what's right. Um, something that I think uh, most voters don't know is the uh, overwhelming uh, majority of the budget, uh, something like 85%, more than 80, north of 85%. Uh, the spending is mandated. Uh, can't yep. be changed. Yeah. Uh, pensions and healthcare. This pensions, healthcare, SFO. Um, there's there's a whole bunch of enter enterprise departments. There are, are laws like Prop C for homelessness that requires the money to be allocated in very specific ways. Um, and when things can't be changed, if circumstances change, government can't really respond. And so, uh, for instance, in a, a $14 billion budget, uh, I think less than $2 billion is actually available for uh, discretionary spending. So we can, and, and out of that, we have to fund, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a huge array of things. And that's what labor and, and the police are, are competing for. Okay. So moving on, Proposition C, this is a real estate transfer tax exemption uh, and office space allocation. So this would essentially waive the tax for transferring properties from office to residential uses, mostly downtown. So it's being seen as an effort to uh, uh, reignite our downtown, to build more housing downtown, to take mostly uh, Class C buildings, is my understanding, the, yeah. the older buildings, and convert them into housing. Um, I believe there was a transfer tax that was put on by Dean. Is that correct? Is this? Yeah, Dean did a transfer tax a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, so this would kind of. But is do, does anybody it. know, does Dean actually object to this? Um, to the gutting of his transfer tax? Well, probably. But, but, but I mean, I, I haven't heard it from his mouth, but <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I, I would hope so. I, well, I would, I would think if he objected, you would, you, I would be reading about it all the time, but I haven't really seen much. And part of the reason I think... Um, uh, he. That's true with Dean too. You think you would hear from him? He's not. He's not afraid to speak his mind. He's especially. definitely not a, 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 a shy politician. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I think that this one, to me, seems likely to pass because it is talking about uh, something that uh, you hear people talk about all the time in the public. We have all this empty office space. Why can't it be? Uh, turned into housing. We need housing. Yeah. Um, and, and so it seems sort of self-evident that if this incentivizes people to do well, that. Well, it doesn't. I mean, that's what's so fucking stupid about this. I'm sorry, but like, you yeah. know, I, I work, I'm working on this issue um, on, the, on a state level. Yeah. And yeah, the, the chance, like, there's two things that annoy me about this. One is we literally just finished talking about not having enough money and mm -hmm. we're 
cutting cut a source of income. Yeah. Right. right. And the idea mm-hmm. that somehow cutting a, a tax is going to, it's not, it's, it's, it's cutting the transfer tax broadly. It's not cutting the transfer tax just for office to housing conversions. So like, you know, it might not have a, uh, a no, 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 it, it absolutely would. You're mistaken. It is waiving the tax for transferring properties from office to residential use. So Only yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. Then I'm mistaken and I yeah. do support no this. <laughs> this is a great piece of legislation. No, and, so this is important. So one uh, sorry thing, about that. Hey, one thing, <laughs> whoever wrote it. Yeah. Didn't, one thing. Didn't the, you uh, write this one? I'm like, I, it, I'm, I would have if I, if I thought of it. And so. you know, now that I think about it, there's a reason Dean isn't opposing <laughs> uh, yeah. this. Because I'm this like, isn't affecting uh, the transfer tax uh, yeah. anymore. Well, I do. I, so the, there are opponents to this, and what they say is it's, the tax is paid by the seller. So why are you why are you just the, giving the seller I think more that, money? But the the, the counter argument to that, which I think is always proven, is that that tax gets just, just translated into a higher price for the yeah. building. And so this would allow the, the buildings to be so, less expensive, which right. would be more incentive to, to, to build and, them. And with my newfound support, I would like to <laughs> opine on this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the um, you know, working on this on, on the state level, you know, generally I am not for giveaways to developers, but uh-huh. I am for the biggest giveaways we can to get office turned into housing. Whatever it takes to make them happy, let's do it. Well, speaking of giveaways, uh, the next ballot measure is Prop D, which is changes to local ethics laws. And this one is actually sponsored by the Ethics Commission, which I didn't know commissions could sponsor ballot measures. Good for them. uh, I think just the Ethics Commission. Okay. Good for them. Uh, So this anti-corruption measure would uh, make it so that you can... uh, it's basically um, more explicitly stating that you can't give gifts to public officials. So um, two of us on this podcast are public officials, and I think the time to give us gifts is um, now. Now. <laughs> P.O. Box. <laughs> yeah. You can just drop it off at... Uh... Uh, I, I, I don't want to spend time on this, but yeah. the, the rules are so complicated and annoying already and my gut tells me that this is not going to stop the actual bad people from doing bad things and it's just going to make our lives more miserable but go ahead and vote for it ethics it i'm all for ethics i mean you know i am i'm generally with you i think the the rules in a lot of ways that you know by the the larry bushes of the world um who's for people who don't know one of the major proponents of ethics in San Francisco mm. and having, you know, just worked in new Orleans, I can tell you, like, I much prefer our system, which is, you know, onerous and tedious than the system they have there, which is, you know, everybody's brother works for everybody's um, mother take, giving yeah. a gift and it's Patronage. terrible. Yeah, it's Patronage. horrible. Right. That being said, we've gotten to a point where it's so complicated that it's stopping people from running from office. I'm not joking. Yeah. Like our, our, like I'm designing window signs right now. And more than 50% of the window sign is now disclosures. Like it's just, it's just. And what is that accomplishing? Right. Accomplishes nothing. Right. And it's just punishing, you know, so it's, it's starting. Yeah. Uh, But, but the ethics commission itself has been relatively good about the rules they put out. It's Mm -hmm. the, like when a group of people get together in somebody's living room, comes up with the law and throws it on, that's where we've been having a lot of problems. Well, all I can tell you is uh, over the holidays, somebody sent me a gift card to a restaurant they run. Um, and I took that gift card and I, I threw it in the trash. Yeah, uh, Because uh, it, nothing but trouble there yeah. for me. And I told him, I said, yeah, geez, that was really sweet. I appreciate yeah. it. But like, uh, no. Yeah, no. I don't take any gift because I just don't want to fill out the form. Right. I don't, I don't, it's right. so obnoxious. Yeah, I right. don't take any gifts under a certain amount. 
You just your form's like two hundred pages. You're just gonna bury them in paperwork. As long as it's disclosed. Uh, I was um, joking, FBI. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Uh, okay, so um, speaking of... So actually, Prop E is uh, changes to police policies and procedures. Uh, the police commission is, uh, and I think in good faith, is uh, there are a lot of people on the police commission who feel that, that, they, that their communities have been over-policed and that the, the police have acted as really bad faith actors right. uh, throughout history. Not yes. just recently, but yes. throughout history for them. I think that's empirically true. And uh, the police commission has put in procedures that have kind of often weighed down the police with uh, paperwork for simple s traffic stops and searches and things. And um, they've done that very, very cognizantly saying this yeah. is bullshit. This is, yeah. it happens to people from my community. It doesn't happen to other people. Right. And so we need to do that. However, having spoken to a lot of police and police captains, there is an impact on, on the policing from that. And right. often what happens now is the police do not have, they have to make split second decisions on whether or not they are, are going to stop something that's probably very minor and then would directly lead to them having to do hours and hours of paperwork or stay out on the street and try to be there for something more major. And well, so this, this partial part of this, takes on some of that paperwork issue and allows them not to have to do that. It also allows them to do more security cameras on public property, um, uh, pilot drone uh, use, and a couple other things. So, there, so. let's talk about one aspect of this, because uh, this is an issue that I wrote an op-ed about in, in the Cron, um, the San Francisco Chronicle, for those that don't know what the Cron is. Uh, so uh, it's uh, when, when cops engage in pursuit, through city streets, uh, you know, they see a, a criminal act. Like, let's say you see somebody breaking into cars and, and pulling stuff out of the car. So, okay, we see them, turn on the lights, uh, start pursuing them. Uh, in a city as dense and as crowded as San Francisco, it's very dangerous. Yeah. It, it's dangerous for uh, the police uh, who have been uh, injured and, and run over themselves by fleeing uh, criminals. It's also uh, very dangerous for pedestrians and, and bystanders who have been killed both by the criminals and, and by uh, actually the emergency response vehicles as well. Uh, so the question, um, it, it, understandably, the uh, police commission and, and, and even with agreement of the police uh, decided to really uh, curtail and, and pull back on, on the amount of, of uh, hot pursuit that was allowed and really required a high threshold for, for that to be uh, triggered. And uh, uh, it, it, it even got to the point that the police chief banned the use of spike strips. Uh, you know, you've probably seen them on, on Cops TV show where they throw out the strip and it's got the spikes on it and blows out the, the tires of, of mm -hmm. the fleeing car and then, you know, it, it, it can't move as fast and then they're able to, to stop it. But the flip side of that is there has become a feeling of immunity among the professional uh, break-in artists, uh, the smash and grabs. Um, and, and what I've heard consistently from the police over the years is that this is, uh, you know, really a small number of people. We're talking in the dozens, uh, a, a, a number of criminal crews who they wake up in the morning and it's, uh, or in the evening, and it's their eight-hour job. They drive in from Castro Valley or Fairfax or, or wherever they are, 
they come into, into the city and they spend eight hours breaking into cars, gather up a bunch of stuff, and then it's shipped over. Uh, they go to a fencing operation, uh, sell it to them, and then it's shipped overseas. So the question becomes, um, is there a smarter, better way to handle pursuit? And the answer to that is yes, we have drones now that you can uh, quickly launch and, and you just assign the Are vehicles. These armed that, drones? Uh, they, not yet, not with grenades yeah. or missiles. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, that's a big. <laughs> yeah, we don't kill a robot. No uh, killer yeah. robots. No killer robots. But but the Not thing is yet according to Sharky. You could <laughs> that's the headline. <laughs> Sharky <laughs> says no killer robots. Yeah. Chill. Dot it's dot chill. dot Not yet. yet. <laughs> he he was smiling at the time. <laughs> <laughs> he could be heard smiling at the time. <laughs> if I have my way. <laughs> but uh, uh, you could launch a drone within uh, you know seconds, uh, and it could follow the car back to where wherever its origination is. Um, and do so safely, and, and the people in the car would have no idea they're being followed, and therefore wouldn't have to leave at, at high speeds, and, and then you could erase, uh, arrest them someplace where it's safer. So um, I personally think that uh, this would be uh, good for public safety, and it would be good for stopping uh, these property crimes. There is a whole other universe of people, they hear the word drones, and they think 1984 surveillance state uh, uh, privacy rights, uh, you know, they're, they find the whole thing terrifying. Uh, and I guess to some extent that's understandable, but this is the world we live in. We, um, we have this, this class of, of professional break-in artists, and, and they're doing what they're doing. And we, our, our choices are not great. We can either use something like drones, or we can do something like uh, hot pursuit that results in people dying. And uh, 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 anecdotal, my dispensary was attempted break-in again last week, uh, only because we have these fancy security cameras, whereas my business partner able to speak to the criminals through the camera and tell them that the police are on their way. Hey guys, um, how you and, doing? And these are, again, these are not <laughs> crimes of, uh, they're not crimes of, of, of an addicted uh, a person who's just trying to get something. These are uh, 10, 10 people, two cars, walkie talkies, face masks, pepper yeah. spray on their belt, mm -hmm. uh, fully like the literal definition of an organized crime is happening. Yeah. Um, and we need to do more, uh, especially on Clement Street. They're getting broken into every other night. So. Uh, yeah, we're, we're just screwed here because if we don't, the, the, the organized crime uh, community is embracing technology 100%. These are the smartest the organized crime community. They're the smartest criminals. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> everything's a, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah, everything's a community they, they in San vote, Francisco. They, they vote. They vote in big numbers. The they have a huge lobby. The serial yeah. murder community. <laughs> uh, but they're literally we the smartest. <laughs> they're the smartest criminals. They're the organized ones. Yeah, they're yeah. the smart ones. The organized. It's, <laughs> yeah, in, it's the in the name. The name. There you <laughs> go. We need to be smart to combat that. Yes, yeah. right. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting what's happening with Daniel Lurie and uh, oh, London yeah. around property. Right. I mean, we got to talk right. about that, right? Yes. I yes. don't think I've ever even heard of that happening in other races uh, anywhere in the United States. What's yes. going on? I, so, I this. Yeah. so, yeah, so what, what's happened is um, Daniel Lowry announced. Lurie. Uh, Lurie, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Daniel Lurie announced after. Um, you know, after London had announced Prop E, and by the way, this is this is Daniel Lurie, the Daniel Lurie, who is Levi's um, uh, 
air, not Daniel Lowry, the seasoned salt. <laughs> not the air, <laughs> the, the seasoned salt. salt fortune. Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah, Daniel Lowry, who is running against, um, who is probably London's main competitor, uh, is running, you know, running against London. So he announced to be mayor. To be mayor. That's yes. right. To be mayor. Uh, London is mayor. <clears throat> yes. Uh, so yeah, he uh, London. You know, clearly London and her team were did some polling and decided that they were going to run on this on, on prop E mm-hmm. this idea of, of give the police uh, killer robots to save us all. And so they're uh, not, ki- they're not killer yet. Yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> they're not yet. Um, so, uh, you know, Daniel Lurie announced um, two weeks ago that, um, you know, he supported, not only does he support the ballot initiative, but that he's going to work to get it passed. So he started his own um, pack that has outraised London to um, try to make sure that Prop E gets passed. So, so of course, there is um, a method to his madness here, um, uh, which is uh, by having a PAC organized for Prop E, he can essentially piggyback on that PAC, uh, and the PAC can talk about his support of Prop E, and it's it's a way of campaigning for Daniel. So it's a way of him introducing. A, move. It's a way of him introducing a whole bunch of money to help him campaign. It's almost as if they want to make the people feel that public safety is a big issue that they hear from them. Right? Yeah, yes. yeah, and also, yeah, you know, it's a way around campaign financing caps, right? So um, that's what London was trying to do. So London was is able to put a ton of money into Prop E and spend to get her name out there and to show people that she's doing something. And Daniel Lowry has just not. Said I'm going to do it too. Yeah, yeah. Knocked out her legs from under her. I mean, I'm sure her, her, her staff is, is livid. Her, you know, her consultant is livid because now they're in this bizarre situation where they have to be against somebody helping spend money to pass their yeah. ballot initiative. On the other hand, I do see a universe where this kind of uh, mini backfires uh, because essentially what Daniel is saying uh, is London is doing a great job of leading and I'm going to follow. Oh, I don't think so. I think that again, you, you're, you're, you, as as you often make this mistake, you think that people are following politics and they're not. They're, so the vast majority of people are going to get, you know, they're going to see a commercial, they're going to see something, and it's going to say, "I like that Lurie Daniel guy. Lurie, yeah, <laughs> Daniel Lurie for Ford Killer Robots." And yeah. Everyone's going to be like, "I like Killer Robots, yeah, yeah, right?" Yeah, yeah they're so. not, they're not Killer. Yeah, yeah. Sharky's yeah. like, yeah. wait, did he? Sharky's like, did he mention Killer Robots? <laughs> <laughs> did he talk about it? Didn't say anything to me about them. <laughs> Doing all right, all right, all right. Prop F: uh, illegal substance dependence screening and treatment for recipients of public mm. assistance. So this has taken different kind of iterations, and my yes. my understanding is the current iteration of it, which is what we're looking at in the ballot measure, right, um, is saying that if you are a recipient of public funds um, and you have been deemed that you are. Uh, suffering from a substance abuse disorder from a doctor, it has to be from a doctor, then you are mandated to seek treatment if treatment options are available to you. So that's my understanding of where the, of, of how, and if there are no treatment uh, options are available, then you're kind of not required to do that until they so, are. So I, it's not clear to me that it's mandated. Uh, I've, I've seen sort of competing takes on this. Uh, so one, as you point out, uh, we clearly don't have enough treatment beds even for all the people that, that currently want treatment. Where, as, as Nate mentioned earlier, we are um, shy 
by a significant margin the number of people we need in social work and, and, and mental health work and substance abuse work. So first, right out of the gate, clearly we don't have enough people to serve all the people that, that need it. Uh, but one take that I've seen, and I'm not the expert on, on this uh, ballot measure, so if I got this wrong, don't shoot me, but one take that I've seen is that the measure does not mandate treatment, rather it mandates that they be offered the option of, of treatment if they uh, test positive positive. Uh, a little unclear and, and yeah so i i don't want to get into this because i don't think any of us are experts on it but i think that there's a it seems like it's a little to me it seems like it's been watered down to the point where it it won't really have that much effect on anything yeah <laughs> um and i think the way it was originally proposed was you know you're either in treatment or you're off of well uh, public funds and you're not going to get the money but I think what the, the, it's been crafted a bit now, and I, you know, we just simply don't have enough treatment. So what would stop anybody from making the case that I, they couldn't find treatment because that often they can't. Yeah, know? I mean, it'll just what it, what it'll do is it'll just if it passes, it'll empower people to not to say that people did not seek treatment. So yeah. the the problem with it is that we're giving a loophole to the city to to not give people the ability to live and even if we end up with 50 more people who end up out on the street then right. that doesn't help us in any on way on the flip right. side the yeah. people who are still receiving cash and there are quite a few of them they are spending often not all of them but some of them a significant portion of them are spending the cash that we're giving them directly on drugs well hold on i don't know that that's true at that, all that, like, that, I, I think that that, yeah, that is yeah. that, uh, that is a misconception that, that we're is, giving them cash period no yeah, no, no no so there's still no, a portion no, of people who are still no 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 no, no, no 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 hold on a second uh this is a misconception that's out there i mean because i'm on the homeless oversight commission i'm familiar with this this particular issue so what we're talking about is general assistance which can give you up to 685 dollars um and, and it comes per month yes yeah. uh and it, it comes in the form of a check. However, um, people get this misconception that you can come to the city, you can sign up, and you can get this check. No, you cannot. I'm not. There's the, 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 these right. are people who are kind of grandfathered in, or they right. meet a certain criteria for right, it. Right, right, right. And and what the check actually is for is for housing, um, yeah. and so they have to have housing, and and in order to have housing, they have to to be paying for it. And, and if they're paying for it, that's ostensibly what the check is paying for. Now, if they're able to come up with money elsewhere and use that for drugs, then I guess, you know, money is fungible and you could, you could make the argument that the funds were, were used for drugs. But the, the, the fact is, is that the requirement is that they have uh, be in some kind of housing program. And, uh, that, and, and by the way, it's not, you know, a binary. You either get $685 or you don't. The amount of money you get is based on the amount of need you have. So you get up to 685. Got it. Got it. Um, and so it's just, I think it's a misconception to say that people are just getting checks and they're using that to buy drugs. Uh, it's really, uh, you know, we're trying to keep them from, from winding up on the streets. And, and which would make things worse. Which would make things worse. Yeah. If they're so out of housing, much. our yeah, situation is worse. We don't want, I mean, yeah. the, whole, the whole, like, we're not going to solve drug addiction. I, I hope everyone in this room knows that, right? Yeah. But what we can solve and what I do believe is solvable is having drug addiction on the streets. Yeah. We can move it off of the streets, and that's what I think <laughs> the people of San Francisco want. This is popular. It's going to pass. But it's just, again, like, fuck London. 
fuck her like nonsense. These are the views. Like, of yeah, the these are, like, <laughs> this is this is fun this is her. She has like she has the last poll I saw. She's at twenty eight percent favorable, sixty percent unfavorables, mm-hmm. and she's doing anything she can to try and change those numbers. And this ultimately, I'm not too upset about it because I don't think it's gonna do. It's gonna end up doing nothing, but. I, I th- it does move San Francisco in a direction that we are going to the right of Republicans all over the country by by demanding drug testing and services, um, you know, bef- drug, drug testing and to um, be in uh, treatment before we give you housing. I mean, that's that's pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, well, I, the two things that I think I, I, I agree with that you just said is one that it's it's likely to pass, and two that it's it's not likely to have much impact. Yeah. Yeah. So. so Getting to Prop G, this, and I'm so happy we have Nate here because you are literally one of the, f- the people who was responsible for, for killing Alex. <laughs> but now you've come around and you're supporting bringing it back. Can you tell us what made you change your mind? Oh, oh my, yeah, okay. So, uh, oh, wait, hold on. We got to explain what Prop G is. Prop G it is- offers algebra speaking, to eighth if, if we're talking about measures that are unlikely to do anything, this is a measure that is guaranteed to do nothing. It's a non-binding policy mm-hmm. that urges San Francisco United School District to offer algebra one to students. By and the, you know by what? The eighth grade. At least it's not pretending like L of London's to do something when it doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you exactly what this says. So at, at some, uh, like, God, 10 years ago, maybe uh, 2014, yeah. um, the school board decided to do this grand experiment, um, which is very our school board, um, and also very 2014, which was they noticed that outcomes for math outcomes um, were. Um, uh, Disparate compared to um, different, different ethnicities. So white and Asian students were doing better in math than um, uh, black and brown students. Right, 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 right. So they decided rather they decided rather than you know giving more services to black and brown students, they decided to remove the option. So they said, right. schools of San Francisco County, you are no longer allowed. It is no, it is illegal for you to give algebra to eighth graders. Yes, you, they're not allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that is completely different from the rest of the state where people up into seventh grade. And then of course, if you go to Europe and other places, right. they're taking like even sixth grade. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, you know, if it, it, it didn't do anything. It, it didn't, it, the outcomes just got worse all around. And so, um, but the entire time this has been for parents in the school district, a huge flashpoint. People are pissed. It was an example the entire time of how the school board does not listen to parents and ignores them. So, you know, as like now the, the school board has gotten more and more like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do, yeah, yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to bring back algebra. But they've said that about many things over the years, including the, the lottery, which they even passed legislation to change the lottery and just ignored it and haven't done it. Right. So what this does is it makes it official policy of the city of San Francisco to offer algebra to um to uh, uh the official stance i wouldn't stance. say official policy well it's actually called a policy statement so yeah. i would say policy so it's the official policy of the uh the city of san francisco to tell the uh school board of which they do not have power over right to that's uh, the important point is, here well it's i don't know i'd say it's a point but well so when, when when you have an independent body like a school board that has decided to do something like this 10 years and you want them to change this I don't think this is bad, you know, like you have to put political pressure on them. That's and if right. you say the voters voted for it, right, like the, the in on a ballot and it got it came in on this overwhelming thing that gives 
it puts pressure on some who don't want to do it. It gives cover to others who want to do it, but maybe are afraid That's because right. of et cetera. So that, this is part of a political game here that ballot measures get used for, which I'm not actually opposed to. And literally, there's no other way to do this. There's no other way for the people of San Francisco to vote on policy for the school board. They can right. only vote in school board members. So this is this is the way of doing it, and it's it's written into our charter, and, and so it's getting done. Good. Um, definitely vote for it. I, I, yeah. I'm obviously I'm working on it. And a huge it. turnaround too. I appreciate that you're on the algebra bandwagon now. Oh, of course. No, and I, I and I always was. Um, and so so what what they're joking about is, um, you know, I'm so firmly part of Team Haney, and uh, Assembly Member Matt Haney. Uh, yes, Assembly Member Matt who, Haney, who, who was family um, uh, king and emperor of the school board. Yes, he. Uh, <laughs> according for some reason, some of the opponents have just decided that it was Matt's fault. Uh, he, he had so little to do with it. Yeah, yeah. he like didn't. Very, very yeah, little. He just to do with voted it. Yeah. for it, and, and it you know, like this and, thing that keeps popping up too. Yeah, so. yeah. and like four years into it, he was like, "Yeah, yeah, that we should probably change that. That's not working, yeah. and that yeah, they will not let it go." Yeah, yeah. cough, yeah. cough, Gary Tan, cough, cough. Uh, and I think the the school board at the time voted for it unanimously. Oh yeah, yeah. everyone. Yeah. You know, this is this is an era of like let's let's try to figure out the disparities in our education system, which is great. We want to try things. It was a failed experiment. They should have moved away from it uh, five years ago. They yes. didn't, and that's the problem: is yes. that they're refusing to let go of a failed experiment, yeah. not that they tried something. Right. Yep. Well, uh, that is our propositions uh, for the day. So uh, I, uh, hopefully you came away uh, entertained, educated, and... Um, angry. Angry. <laughs> now they're already angry. Everybody's yeah. angry. Every, everyone's pissed. Is this, have you guys ever seen Ghostbusters 2? When the New Yorkers are so angry because of the slime underneath, and then they, when they get rid of the slime, everybody starts hugging and being friends. I think we may have a slime You think this is a supernatural problem? Yeah, 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 we, yeah I, we may need it. to call the Ghostbusters. You know, uh, maybe we should change the Fun Police logo to be like the, the, oh, the, the, the Ghostbuster. Ghostbuster busting thing? Yeah, 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 well, yeah, no, I was thinking like the three guys with the, the slime <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. slime guns yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. it was yeah, they yeah, have. Yeah. The, uh, I forget what they call. All right, well, uh, you know, I think... Uh, Let's get to one fun idea. Oh. Somebody better have one. <laughs> so uh, our fun idea is that we should have a fun idea for podcasts. <laughs> we should do a segment called One Fun Idea. Yeah, uh, I think that's a really good idea. So. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Next time, yeah. I'll have one prep. No, no fun ideas. <laughs> we'll see you guys. Bye, everyone.